Are you here? Hey, are you here? Can I be so bold as to ask that question of you? Of course. I want to welcome you to the Paul Leslie Hour, and I can't welcome you if you're not here. There you are. And by the way, thank you for tuning in, coming in, turning on your ears, and giving it all your attention. Well, it's that time of year again, and I don't even have to tell you what time that is. Well, it's holiday. Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah. It's why we're playing this tape for you. It's an interview with jazz artist Dave Kaz. He joined Paul E. Leslie for an interview about his musical career and his collaborators. Dave Kaz is one of the most respected sax players in popular recorded music, bar none. And this interview took place prior to a past Christmas tour and went out on something called radio. Well, the 2022 Dave Cause and Friends Christmas Concerts are underway. This is the 25th anniversary Christmas tour. Just check out davecoz.com, D-A-V-E-K-O-Z.com. If you get a chance to go backstage, tell Dave Cause the Paul Leslie Hour says, Hey, you're sounding good. Real quick, there are two ways you can really, really help the Paul Leslie Hour. First way is fast, easy, free. Find Paul Leslie's YouTube channel and subscribe. That's it. And remember to ding, ding, ring that bell. And the second way is to go to www.thepaulleslie.com support. And it's, well, it's too easy. You'll know what to do when you get there. And we thank you. Now, you're about to hear a great interview with Dave Cause. Why? Cause? Among the topics, David will discuss his radio show, his love of music, his friendship with Barry Manilow, and more. Hey, enjoy the show, and don't miss Dave Cause this Christmas time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great pleasure we welcome our special guest, Mr. Dave Kaz. He'll be in concert on November 25th, 2011, the first tour date in a nationwide Christmas tour. It's a great pleasure. Well, thank you very much, Paul. It's great to talk with you, and thanks for having me on your show. My pleasure. What do you remember playing around the house growing up? Well, my, I had a kind of a melange, a cornucopia of things that were going on in my house growing up. My parents were really interested in uh, like classic singers, Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, they listened to a lot of Nat King Cole. My dad loved comedy records, too. And I have an older brother and an older sister, and they were uh, listening to, you know, my, my sister loved Chicago and Frampton, Peter Frampton, and my brother was interested in all these kind of progressive rock things, but he also had a lot of jazz, Steely Dan, and, and things that he turned me on to. So I kind of was the, being the youngest kid in the house, I was sort of exposed to a lot of different things, kind of an amalgam of uh, sounds. And I think that was actually good because I, I got exposed to everything and I enjoyed it all, frankly. When you decided to become a musician, you toured with Bobby Caldwell. What did Bobby teach you? Bobby was one of the most generous people I've ever met on stage. Here he is, legendary singer, you know, of course, of uh, What You Will Do for Love fame. He kind of plucked me out of <laughs> obscurity. 
nobody knew who I was. I was growing up in Los Angeles, and I I was doing weddings and bar mitzvahs and fraternity parties and stuff like that, working in my older brother's band. And I was going to, to college, and somebody referred me to Bobby, who was putting together a new band. And he, he gave me the gig. I was his saxophone player. And it wasn't just the guy who over there on the side of the stage who was playing the saxophone, but he really taught me how to, to be generous uh, with other musicians on, on the stage. I remember one time I was playing a sax solo during the show. It was early on working with him. And I played my solo. And he kind of moved off to the side, but I stayed in my position. And after that show, he, he took me around and he said, Look, Dave, why were you just staying in your spot? I mean, I'm leaving my place on the stage so you can come and take center stage. I'm giving it to you. You have to take advantage of that. And from that point on, I took advantage of it, believe me. And so he, he taught me a great many things, but probably the, at the top of the list, it would be how to be generous. Wow, what a great lesson. Is there a musician who has influenced you the most? Probably have had a lot of different influences. Um, on the saxophone side, probably that person would be David Sanborn. Kind of a combination of David Sanborn and Tom Scott, who were big saxophone influences. But, you know, you have to throw Cannonball Adderley in there and, and Grover Washington Jr. and uh, Michael Brecker, Sonny Rollins and Sonny Stitt. I mean, I can go on and on and on about the people that I listen to saxophone-wise. But people, I think songwriters are the ones that, to me, are the ones that have the most lasting influence on me. People like Burt Backrack, who I did get a chance to write a song with many years later, uh, who's I learned so much from. Burt Backrack, people like Herb Alpert, major influence uh, for me as well, just from what he did with his career. Stevie Wonder, huge influence. So I like those the artists that have been around for long, long periods of time that uh, always are changing and always being, they're, they're kind of have their ear to the ground, always being able to, to access new and, and creative uh, lines. Uh, Quincy Jones is another one. Our special guest is Dave Koz. What about a most influential record? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that, I suppose you're, the first record that you ever buy with your own money always has a place in your heart that, that stays. Certainly the case with with me, it was Tower Power. It was, I think I might have been around 13 years old, and I bought that record back to Oakland with my own money. I mean, I still listen to that record. It's just an incredible piece of music. So I probably, if I had to choose one that just sort of, from that very beginning, the first time I listened to it, it was like a blueprint that was in my mind and in my creative spirit, it would have to be that one. How important do you think it is for a musician to go see other players perform? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I think it's it's absolutely imperative. You can learn so much by going to see other people's shows. And I would recommend, I do this to, to young saxophone players, young musicians, go and see a lot of different kinds of things. Don't just necessarily, if you're, in, if you're a jazz player, don't just go to jazz shows. Go to rock shows and go to go uh, to R&B shows and just or a rap show. I mean, you can learn so much about staging, about entertainment value. I always grew up kind of more thinking about uh, when I do my shows uh, about putting on a show, like a real entertaining two hours. Because when I uh, was young, I, one of the first shows that I went to was Earth, Wind and Fire at the LA Forum. And they had explosions and great outfits and spandex and the, they were running all over the stage and there was just so much to look at and so much to be excited about and so that kind of stuck in my head wow okay 
when I if I ever get the chance to do my own show, I want it to be super entertaining like this. And that's that's kind of in the back of my mind always. I got to tell you, Dave, you're a guest that people have been aggressively requesting that I interview. <laughs> what does it feel like to have fans who love you that much? Wow. And are you sure that they're not related to me? These ones that have been aggressively requesting me? They don't, they don't <laughs> have the, the cause surname. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's really... It's always nice to hear. You know, we, we musicians, we do our work. We tend to do it in a laboratory, you know, recording studio. And, and uh, you say to yourself, well, I like this and I hope that people respond. But you never really know how the music is going to hit uh, until it comes out there, until it's released. And then you hope, you know, every song, is, every album is like a, a child. You want, you want the public to love your children. So it, it's something that I think is, um, it, it never is something I try uh, to take for granted. I always love hearing how the music affects people. And I'm genuinely moved when people, with all the multitude of things that they have at their disposal, places that they could be, when people actually plunk down m money, hard-earned dollars, to come and see my show, it's a great responsibility and also a great joy for me to get on stage and entertain them. So it's a relationship that I hold very dear, the relationship that I have with, with uh, my fans. And also, we've had such loyalty over the years. I've been doing this for over 20 years now, and we've had... I meet a ton of people all the time. You know, I bought your first record. I was, I saw you in 1991 at the Bottom Line in New York. Or blah blah blah. You know, those kinds of stories are what make it all worthwhile. This question came from a listener, Cheryl Zubel, and she says, "Of all the songs you have recorded, which one do you most want to be remembered for?" Wow, great question. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, that's a that's a tough question. I would say the one that popped into my mind was a song called Know You By Heart, which is a ballad that was on an album called The Dance. And there's something about that melody that um, in the best circumstances, when you're writing a song, you almost feel, you, you kind of go to a different place. It's like channeling or when you see people that channel spirit or something like that. You, the person goes off to the side and there's something that comes through you. And that song really felt like there was something that, that came through me. And the next thing I, I knew, there was, a, there was a song there. And uh, it was a very pure experience. And I love playing that melody on the alto saxophone. There was an album that I released a few years ago called At the Movies. And I did a version of Over the Rainbow. And every time I play that song, it's like a prayer. You know, it's so beautiful and such a great melody that everybody knows and everybody relates to. So you know, I really love playing that song and I love the version that we recorded. So there's a lot of ones, but I can guarantee you that it would be a ballad. I got to tell you, I love that album you just mentioned at the movies. What is your all-time favorite film? You're asking very good questions, by the way, Paul. Very tough questions. <laughs> Since we're talking about Over the Rainbow, I would say that The Wizard of Oz is probably my all-time favorite film. I never get tired of watching it. Uh, the performances, the music. Everybody knows the music from that. There was, there's one song, which if I ever do an At the Movies 2, I haven't done it yet, but if I ever do, I want to cut a song called If I Only Had a Brain, which I think is one of the most incredible pieces of music from The Wizard of Oz, sung by the... Uh, by the Tin Man. No, was it sung by the Tin Man or the Scarecrow? Uh, I believe it's the, here's history, here's the Scarecrow. History lesson 101. <laughs> no, no, the Tin Man. You're right. It is the Tin Man. 
at any rate, I, I love that song, and I love that movie. It was my mom's favorite movie, and so I think if I had to choose, that would be the one. One of the coolest songs on that album is a duet of you and Barry Manilow. Lyrically, melodically, it's just beautiful. Moon River. What are your recollections of that session? Well, Barry's a, a great friend. He's been a wonderful supporter of mine over the years. When I got a, uh, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, he's the one that inducted me. He gave a beautiful speech, and I will, I will be forever indebted to him for, for doing that. It was so sweet of him to come. And we made a lot of music together. I've played on his albums. He's sung on mine. We've done. Uh, he's invited me to be part of his shows uh, several times all over the, the country. And I love making music with him. And he's intensely creative. He is so much a musician. And that's probably where, you know, of course he's a great artist, been around for a long time, but people don't realize how amazing of a musician that guy is. When he came to sing Moon River, you can't go wrong. The music of Henry Mancini, that melody, that lyric, with that voice, forget about it. It was a very short session. He sang it, and it was like, okay, thank you very much. Of course, he did it a few times for his own satisfaction, but the, the minute that melody with those lyrics came out of his mouth, we knew that we had the right casting. You can't go wrong with that song. All the listeners out there, some of them might be aware that you're also a radio personality, and I know that you recently got to talk with Tony Bennett. Wow. <laughs> Who have you been most excited to talk to? Those legends are pretty hard to beat. Tony, I got a chance to, to spend a half hour with him in person, interviewing him, and just the guy is at 85, such a wealth of information, and so on it, on his game. I mean, I know 85-year-olds who are in bed three-quarters of the day. This guy's way more active than me, and I'm like 30, 30 years younger than he is, so or even 40 years younger than he is. He's, he's unbelievable. I enjoyed working with him and talking with him. I've interviewed so many of my great musical legends, George Benson, Quincy Jones. I've interviewed Stevie Wonder, Michael McDonald. Although I could say that I'm pretty much a fan of everybody who comes on our show because I'm, I'm a good cheerleader for the music. I love talking about the music. I think when you have an artist talking to another artist, there's somewhat of like a little privileged conversation, almost like you're eavesdropping on a backstage conversation that makes what we do special. This is a time of year that a lot of times we have a chance more than other times to reflect on what we have, not necessarily a material have, but on that note, what is the best thing about being Dave Koz? I have a lot of love in my life. I love what I do. I have wonderful friends. I've got a fantastic family. My parents are both past, but my brother and sister and I are really close and all my nieces. And I love being able to make people happy and use what was given to me as a gift to help people and maybe just to bring their spirits up a little bit. Music is a very healing source too it's the power of music never ceases to amaze me and i feel very blessed that i've been able to share what was given to me uh and share it freely with as many people as possible and i, I feel like in a lot of ways i'm just beginning to so i'm grateful i mean that's that's the thing is i, I feel like I'm, I'm grateful to be me and I, I love what i do my last question is open-ended for all our listeners what would you like to say to them well, I would like to say, first of all, happy holidays, 
and Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is that uh, you happen to be celebrating this year. I was I was hoping that uh, this would be your most beautiful and warm and inspiring holiday season yet. And this is a a tough time for a lot of people. Uh, These are crazy, disorienting times, for myself included. I think that we're, we're moving to a place where all of us working together as opposed to working separately and at each other, working with each other, is something that I pray for and, and think about a lot and look forward to experiencing in this new year. It's, it's a new year. It's a new era. It feels really good to me. I just have all those prayers for everybody's inspiration for the new year to live the, the best and most fulfilling life possible. How's that? Well spoken. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Paul. It's great talking with you, and thank you so much. And, and uh, for those folks who are interested in starting the holiday season off right, we're thrilled about uh, beginning our Christmas tour at the Cobb Energy Center. And I know that we're going to have a blast. Incredible talent on stage, Candy Delford, Jonathan Butler, Rick Braun, an amazing band, and uh, yours truly. This is our 14th annual Christmas tour. Thrilled to be kicking it off right by you. It's going to be fun. Thanks so much, bud. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.